This is Mishmash, a weekly conversation where we try to unjumble an important and sometimes under-the-radar statewide story that affects you. I'm Shana Roth. For the first time in nearly 40 years, Democrats will have a majority in the state legislature, which means that for the first time in said decades, there will be a Democrat Senate majority leader starting next year. Senate Democrats very quickly chose the senator from Grand Rapids, Winnie Brinks. Senator Brinks, welcome to Mishmash. Thank you. Senator, the big question I think on a lot of people's minds is how is next year going to be different than what we've seen the last few decades, really? How different is Democrat rule going to be than Republican? Yeah, I think you're going to see a focus that's, uh, you know, what we're calling a majority for the people. We're kind of tired of some of the uh, rabbit holes that we've seen Republicans go down uh, in the last few years, especially. Uh, and there's a real thirst among the the people that we were talking to throughout this campaign season and among uh, my caucus for a practical approach to governing, uh, you know, to really focus on getting stuff done that matters to real people. Uh, and so um, I think that's probably the biggest difference, uh, trying to take some of the heat out of things, uh, out of the rhetoric, trying to make sure that we're eliminating some of the toxicity of the environment, trying to build some relationships and uh, really get back to, to basics that matter to people. January is right around the corner. Have you already started planning some of your first key pieces of legislation? And can you give us an idea of what some of your priorities are going to be? So we're still having conversations about that. As you know, we're rebuilding an entire institution right now uh, over in the state Senate. Uh, Haven't had the opportunity to lead this institution in 40 years as a a party and a caucus. So um, that's taking up a lot of time and energy right now. Uh, But certainly our, uh, and same is true in the House, uh, but certainly we are putting our heads together with our colleagues in uh, the House and in the governor's office to see where we um, have the the agreement, the synergy, um, the readiness uh, to get policy out quickly. Uh, You'll see some things that continue um, in the budget, especially, which comes up very quickly. Uh, We'll continue to work on the the things that the governor has been really strong on in terms of supporting educators, making sure we're doing everything we can to support young people, not just in K through 12, but in uh, that post-secondary realm where we're helping to really get people equipped for the jobs that we know Michigan has and will continue to have in the future to make sure that our economy is strong. So you'll see a lot of that kind of emphasis, uh, and that will happen uh, beginning with the budget. We'll double down on those great things that have been going on for the last four years, but you'll also see us address things like um, equality right here in Michigan. We've had from the business community the economic argument for years that Republicans have failed to listen to um, about making sure that people are able to bring their whole selves here. And when they take a job that that they or their family members who identify uh, in the LGBTQ community are safe, are welcomed, uh, and are appreciated here. So you'll see us address that. You'll see us address um, the affirmation of reproductive freedoms. So we'll repeal the uh, 1931 laws on the books that criminalize abortion. Uh, and we'll take a look at what else is in that uh, ballot proposal to see if there's additional bills that need to move there. You know, it's important that we uh, not just throw out a, a list and just immediately um, run the bills without 
thinking through exactly um, all of the work that needs to be done up front to ensure that those are good bills, that they're well-written, that we've talked to stakeholders, that they're administratable by uh, state departments, but also uh, that will stand up to the scrutiny of uh, any potential lawsuits in the future, that our intent is clear. That takes work. So um, there's, you know, the less glamorous side of the agenda is doing all that work up front. Uh, and we're we're building the structure to make sure that we do that. Uh, but that's going to take some time too. So I know people are really eager to hear all the, the fun things that we get to do. And there's a lot of um, what I call the, the 40 years of pent up policy uh, that we've we've not been able to move through the Senate. Uh, so we will get to it. But uh, right now we're doing the homework to make sure it's a, a solid uh, set of bills that we move uh, in the first part of the session. It must feel very freeing to be able to say we will be doing these things. I know for many years, it's been Democrats saying we will try to do these things. We're going to work to do these things. Is it is it a bit of a relief to be able to say, hey, we're going to be able to get these things done? Yeah, absolutely. And even being able to just manage uh, the calendar, the day to day stuff, if something's not ready, you know, uh, we're not we're not going to be surprised by uh, whether or not something, you know, lands on our voting board. Right. We get to decide those things. Uh, that really gives us a lot of ability that that control of the agenda gives us a great ability to make sure that we're doing things right. And that it's it's ready for prime time, so to speak, when we put it up on the board. There were many times when I covered the legislature, when Republicans were in power, that the GOP would, I guess I'll just say steamrolled over Democrats. You mentioned, you know, getting bills at the very last second, uh, you know, not really being heard. I I know I spoke to many Democrats who are frustrated by the majority's refusal at times to even consider their viewpoints or, or not give them opportunities to speak during hearings in meaningful ways. Now that the tables are turned, how do you plan to deal with Republican ambitions that don't match your own? Yeah, certainly in the Senate, there's an opportunity to make statements. I think we'll see them use that the same way that we did uh, when we were in the minority to give air to some of their the topics that they uh, are that are important to them that won't move under our leadership. So I think it's okay to have an open uh, discourse on those things. Uh, and I'm hopeful that we'll be able to establish respectful relationships that really uh, enable us to do things where we can have bipartisan agreement. There's always a, a group of uh, bills that uh, will not have bipartisan agreement and will not move under a, a trifecta controlled by Democrats. Uh, so there there will be times when they are frustrated, but I'm hopeful that we will um, commit to fair play on our part as you know we've seen we've seen them abuse their power and shut down uh, legitimate discourse and disadvantage our ability to make our points um, that are of concern to 50% of the people in Michigan. So while I'm hopeful that the legislators themselves on the other side of the aisle will be respectful and productive when they do this, um, regardless of how they present themselves, the people that they represent matter to what we do in the legislature. Um, so we will do everything we can to pass good policy, whether they agree with it or not, for the people in their districts. Sometimes these districts are 50-50. Uh, and so if you get someone who's a hardcore partisan, that leaves about 50% of their their um, their constituency that is without a voice. That has happened around Kent County for, for decades. Um, and so we're, we're, I'm very concerned that we make sure that all of those people have their uh, issues represented as well. It's a balance. 
but I'm really hoping for civil discourse where we have a, an opportunity to exchange ideas uh, and that uh, uh, really what prevails is that we're putting the needs of our constituents first. I know it's still very early days with planning for next year, but have you started to think about how you're going to work not only with the fellow senators, but with the House and with the governor's office? I know in the past there's been quadrant meetings. Has there been any discussion for how this new dynamic is going to work across the legislature and the governor's office? Yeah, we're, we're certainly putting all of that together right now. There will be regular meetings where we put our heads together, talk about our uh, you know policy priorities. Uh, we've done that a little bit for um, lame duck, of course, though we don't set the agenda uh, for this, uh, but we will definitely be moving forward hand in hand, uh, uh, trying to make sure that we're working really well together. Um, as you know, it's more important than ever uh, with the with the trifecta that we all have good lines of communication and that we're keeping each other informed. Um, so that's going to be a priority. You have a, a rather slim majority in the Senate, 20 to 18, which means you really need to pretty much have your entire caucus on board in order to pass any legislation that Republicans are not on board with. How do you plan to work within your own party to ensure that you're able to get things done? Yeah, it's all about relationships and making sure that people have an opportunity to voice their concerns if, uh, you know, if bills aren't um, exactly what they want, uh, helping them understand the environment we're in, what's possible, and making sure that you know, I think you'll see us on on core issues. There will be a very high level of agreement, um, and so hopefully we'll be able to start uh, with a number of those things and make sure that we are establishing some trust. Um, you know, we have new caucus members, uh, we have returning caucus members, we've got House members coming over to the Senate. Uh, we're going to have to build our relationships within our caucus uh, as it's the House caucus. Uh, and so that's going to take a little time. We also know that there are Republicans out there who really would like to see us do better in our state and have um, uh, kind of been squashed in their own uh, caucus and party. And so we're hopeful to find those folks and establish relationships with them as well. Uh, and so again, uh, you know, some of that will take some time uh, and that may have an impact on the agenda, uh, but we will, will definitely be um, working on building those relationships. You know, it's always been a priority of mine to make your points without making an enemy, uh, to know that you may disagree with somebody today, but uh, next week you're going to go back to them and ask them for their vote on something that's really important. Um, so, you know, beginning uh, our session, we'll be keeping all of those things in mind uh, for the long term. It's the Thanksgiving holiday, which means that when everyone comes back, it's going to be the lame duck session. Can you give us any indication of what to expect in these sort of final weeks of the state legislature? Yeah, it seems like we probably won't have a super heavy agenda. There will be a few things that I know uh, are priorities that we'd like to get done. As you know, the Democrats aren't uh, setting the agenda yet. That doesn't happen until next year. Uh, so that's a great question for uh, the current current leadership. But um, I know that there's some loose ends. Uh, there may be some things that they want to uh, take care of. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, I don't anticipate it will be a heavy schedule. Um, and we'll see exactly what's on the agenda. I know, you know, the governor, as always, for the last four years has been in conversation with legislative Republicans. Uh, we'll see if there's some things uh, that we can move that really uh, make a difference for people. But stay tuned on that. Before we close out, I want to talk a little bit about you because you have a fascinating 
political history. You managed to win your first primary as a write-in candidate for the Democrats for the state house, and then you defeated the Republican and the general who by the way, was originally a Democrat and switched parties. And that's why you were the writing candidate. And then you just kept winning reelections until you were term limited in the state house. You won your state Senate seat in 2018 and survived yet again this year, despite redistricting. You did all of this in the Grand Rapids area, which tends to be heavily Republican favored. And now you're going to be the first female Senate majority leader in the state. I mean, that is that is an incredible road. Yeah, it's an incredible road. I never would have imagined I'd be here uh, 10 years ago. And when I got that phone call asking me if I'd be willing to run, um, you know, that day to this day, it's it's been quite a journey. Um, And it's been an education. I feel like uh, as somebody who is not intending to go into politics, I came in with some uh, with fresh eyes for some of the dynamics. Uh, and I think that really does inform um, how I govern and uh, how I uh, do my job. It's been a lot of work. It's been a frustrating decade. And I think that that, that determination and the consistency and the uh, work ethic has really been the thing that um, has helped me get through it. There's no workplace quite like the legislature. Um, uh, you know, you're loosely accountable to your colleagues. You're only truly accountable to your voters. Um, And it's been a a powerful learning experience for me about um, how humans work together or don't. Um, And so I'm just really humbled to have the opportunity to be in this position and to be able to lead. What keeps you going in state politics year after year? Yeah, it's you have to be able to hope for the best, knowing that chances are very high that you won't always uh, get what you really have been working so hard for. So there's a lot of times where you forego an event with a family member or, you know, doing uh, something socially or even taking a vacation at all um, because you're working really hard to get reelected, not knowing if you'll have the opportunity to implement that agenda. Um, I think the thing that really keeps me going is the things that I learned from my from my own personal life, um, but also from all of the uh, the work I've done in nonprofits and in education and the people that I've interacted with, um, you know, some close to 40% of the families in our state, the households in our state have difficulty making ends meet and paying their bills. Um, a lot of us circulate with, with a, a group of folks that that's just not true for. We don't have those stresses in our lives. That's a huge task for us as a a state government to ensure that those folks have the support they need to be able to move into a more secure spot in life um, and to get those kids and those families off to a great start. I spent 20 years working with um, folks who found themselves in those situations uh, uh, for all kinds of reasons. And those policy items are things that the, the state has a great deal of influence on. So our ability to make people's lives better and concrete everyday ways is really what uh, what kept me signing up again, not knowing if we'd have the ability to set the agenda, um, but you know, willing to knock on doors and walk thirty or forty miles a week to do that for years. You know, every election year is um, is not a small thing, but just that hope that we'd be able to. Um, get that policy done was really what kept me coming back. Senator Winnie Brinks, soon to be Senate Majority Leader Winnie Brinks, thank you so much for joining me here today on Mishmash. It was a pleasure. Thank you for having me. 
Thanks again to Senator Winnie Brinks from Grand Rapids for joining us today. Mishmash is produced by WDET Detroit's NPR station. This episode was produced by myself, Shayna Roth, and Hearns Laguerre Jr., without whom none of this would have been possible. Our news director is Jerome Vaughn, and our podcast manager is David Lyons. Our digital team is Dave Kim and Sophia Joswiak, and our podcast interns are Ashley Harris, Patrick Burness, and Jack Philbrandt. As always, if you listen to this podcast and want to support it, you can do so by leaving us a review. Or if you really, really, really like this podcast, and we hope you do, you can support WDET. Just go to WDET.org slash give. We'll see you right here next week. <laughs>